WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kierset, NHTalkRadio.com to get the back episodes of the show and join us for our weekly segments. If you happen to miss any of them with the New Hampshire Bulletin and the New Hampshire Business Review, they're all posted as podcasts, so check them out there, and the video versions are posted on our Facebook page. All right, this week, Jeff Feingold of the New Hampshire Business Review. Thanks for joining me again. Great to be back with you, AJ. So let's start off talking about uh, an article we wrote on the U.S. Labor Department is taking action against some businesses in New England area, especially around the restaurant business, against uh, some child labor violations that are going it's, on. Yeah, it's been they've been doing this uh, initiative for uh, quite a while, for over a period of several years, and uh, trying to educate employers about labor laws involving uh, young people under six, under 18 but in, in but in cases it, you know apparently from these some of these charges there's been kids as young as 13 being employed and and not just that and i said that it's illegal to employ kids under 16 or whatever but it's also uh you know there's very limited on the hours and the, and the activities they can do so uh the labor the uh the office in um, based in manchester for the U.S. Department of Labor uh, uh, is publicizing this series of actions they've taken against three employers. And one is uh, a company that owns uh, twelve, uh, nine McDonald's locations in New Hampshire and Vermont, and another owns 12 Dunkins in Vermont. And, another, and then there's another company, Tuscan Brands, which owns uh, three restaurants, or actually four restaurants that were cited in uh in in this in this case and uh involved uh some concerning uh in some cases concerning uh violations like allowing 14 and 15 year olds to use deep fat frat fire deep fat deep fat fryers not equipped with devices to automatically raise and lower the baskets and that means that you're having the kids putting their hand on these baskets with you know they, I mean, they're just kids. I mean, I, yeah. speaking with someone who once worked in a fast food environment and doing the frying, it is not something that you should be doing when you're just a kid who's like, you know, easily distracted and not paying any attention. It's very dangerous. And some, a few kids very are dangerous. In, in really, it's dangerous for anybody to use to do deep frying, to be quite honest exactly. with you. And apparently, you know, some of them, a couple of them were burned. And then in Vermont, they had another thing where they were using having them operate. These are fourteen and fifteen year olds operating operating those high as high speed ovens, those very hot ovens they use to heat up the, uh, you know, the wake up wraps and all that stuff. Turbo ovens. Yeah, and and that that wasn't a good thing. And then uh, you know there was another one where in uh, Tuscan in, in one of their in one of their uh, restaurants, a thirteen year old was working, which is certainly a no no. And, uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff that they're trying to educate employers that they can't be doing this. And, and, and in several cases, in the terms of the McDonald's one, which had a, uh, several violations involving several kids, they uh, fined them $109,000, which is nothing. Pretty like penny there. I, yeah, I mean, do you, it seems like it's all franchises or these larger uh, organizations were involved it's in this. Seems- I think that's the message I'm getting from reading this is that it's really, and I think it's what the it's what the Department of Labor is doing. I mean, they've they're finding these people because they, you know, these are these are pretty bad violations. But I think in other ways they're trying to warn other businesses that look, especially if it's a franchise thing, if you have managers in charge of these these places, they need to know the laws as well as your HR person in the in the main headquarters. 
And I think that's part of the problem here. I'm just reading between the lines. The the the, the, uh, the labor department did not say this, but if you understand how these organizations work, you know the the managers are empowered, and if they're not fully educated on anything, on, you know certainly on 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 travel on travel, you know employment laws, but even if it's on you know on on DEI stuff, you know diversity, equity, inclusion stuff, or, or whatever it is, harassment. Uh, you know, you get they you you have a serious problem. You can have a serious legal problem on your hand that will cost you some money. I mean, it costs the the Duncan franchise is almost fifty grand, and and the Tuscan brands was you know fifteen something fifteen thousand for their violations. And uh, you know, I think that it's really important for employers to understand this because it, it's not it, it's it's not a uh, minor thing. Even no pun intended. It's involving minors, I know, but. You know, it's it's really something you need to think about, and I know it's difficult in this environment with uh, you know extremely tight labor. And if someone's coming willing to work, that's fine. But they only should be working in what's legally possible, because you end up getting you get end up getting to bite you bite you in the end. As someone who's been reporting on on business in the state, I mean, it has the with the state and the federal government for that matter being a lot more restrictive over time when it comes to children in the workforce did, has it hurt these industries very much by by not having these teenage workers so much no i but i there was a, a law passed in new hampshire i believe it was in the last session most recently i believe that is going to allow young people but not 14 and 15 year olds but 16 year olds to work uh more hours even during the school week and more hours during the summer because the the and, the and mostly these are mostly people in organizations in the hospitality industry as you might expect probably some retail but for the most part it's people in hospitality you know restaurants and hotels and that kind of stuff and 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 they had they did fight to have them have more hours there, but there was no argument no as far as i know there was no discussion on widening the tasks they could perform because mm-hmm. these are about tasks they can perform like yeah. there was one where they had a 16 year old one of the Duncans was had a 16 year old driving his own car back and forth between locations you know i have to tell you what kind of risk that's a crazy 16, risk. 16 you know vermont is like new hampshire they have learner's permits you know okay Maybe they got their license, you know, two months ago, but that's not something you want to be doing in terms of liability, and that's really what we're talking about. Yeah, it's for the crazy kid and for the business. Yeah, yeah and, and, and if too many accidents happen and because they loosen up the restrictions too much, I mean, that's going to look very poor on the legislature exactly. when election well, day yeah, comes I would think around. The insurance company would be, oh, would yeah. be a little upset with that. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, this is this is the kind of stuff I think they're talking about. They they didn't they 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 did not announce these things just to say we're, have, we're coming after you. They announced these things to say check out on check out the laws. You know check they had check their website. You know and I would think a big enough business they would check their uh, with their law with their with their little attorneys and figure out what is it that we should be doing? How do we educate our employees, our managers on what is the appropriate uh, rules? I mean, I know, you know, and these are big big companies that have law firms and stuff. And I know when it's a smaller company, I I think from what I understand, it's, they're much more uh, vigilant about it because that's, you know, that's the owner there. 
Yeah, they, much more they, personal they know, liability. They know, they know, they, they know they're, they're pretty clear on, on what, what they need to have to, what they were exposed to. All right, let's move over. There's been, there. I, it was a hard time going through some of the articles to pick which biz, industries I want to talk about that are getting some expansions in the state. But let's it's start off with, it, <laughs> it's shocking. It's great to see. I mean, start off with Churchill Downs is expanding into New Hampshire after um, getting investment with uh, property in the state. What's going on with yeah. this? This is so, this is really very interesting because Churchill Downs, as as your listeners might know, it's Churchill Downs Incorporated, which is a big, not not it's a it's a big gaming and entertainment company, and their name is should be familiar to people who are at least even passing fans of uh, horse racing because that's Churchill Downs is the, is also the name of the uh, racetrack where the Kentucky Derby is held every year, and uh, they've expanded. They they have online betting all um, uh, platforms and all kinds of. Uh, Samacast companies, and they own all kinds of venues for gambling. And what they're doing is that they have, they've expanded into this, where states allow it, historical racing. Now, historical racing are these machines, are uh, is, is are these machines that play these horse races that, that occurred in the past. And the player, you know, you don't get the passport, you know, I play the races sometimes, full disclosure. You don't get the past performances. You don't get the names of the real, you know, real horses or anything. It's not like you can go, oh, yeah, I remember this race. I'm going to bet on this horse because that horse won. No, it, but you get to bet. They describe the horses and whatever. And in that way, you can bet on the horse. And they show the race, and you either win or lose. Yeah. And it's, 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 something, it's a way of just – it's like it's kind of, you know – it's like poker. It's like on, it's like online poker, you know, video poker, or whatever. It's the same thing except for horse racing. But um, the state that passed this law that allows historical horse racing. It, it took a, it took a while, but it just it happened this past session. And Churchill Downs is the first company to show some real interest in this. And what they did is they bought this poker room in Salem called Chasers, which is a probably the biggest uh, charitable gaming venue in the state. It's right, you know, near the Massachusetts border, and they have tons of uh, card games, you know, table games, and uh, and car and poker tables and stuff like that. And they bought this place, and and Churchill Downs announced they they you know they announced the uh, the acquisition a little while ago, and it was approved by the Lottery Commission, which oversees gambling in the state. And what they've announced was that they're going to be including the the purchase price they're going to be investing 150 million dollars into this venue wow that's a lot of money it's a lot of business for but that's a big it's a big wager on the success of horse yeah. horse racing if you want to know so they and you know and usually the house doesn't lose so they, they're the house in this case so i would think i assume they know what they're doing they're going to install 800 of these historical racing machines wow and they're expecting to have obviously a big uh, audience for this stuff and, and you know it's it's you're gonna probably put money into you know and sprucing up the venue although it, it's you know if you're judging by the pictures i've never been there but judging by the pictures it looks pretty nice but it's going to be it's going to be expanded to hold 800 machines and i'm sure it's going to be have other things involved uh, you know like amenities and things that they're going to add and uh it's really says a lot about the state of uh new hampshire gambling which we don't have legalized casino gambling in the state as we know by the law, you and I know this, but 
you couldn't tell that from some of the things that are going on. It's expanded so like, much. I like I live right on. I'm on Main Street in Concord, and the draft. I mean, they now have branded the Concord Casino. Yeah, they've they've purchased the old comic book store that's next door. That that location expanded. They just opened like a week or two ago, and their yeah. basement's been open for gambling for geez, at least uh, two years now. I want to yeah. say it's amazing to see the expansions. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I don't know anything really about what the draft's plans are, but I could, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a store up of horse racing machines in there. Oh yeah. I mean, it's they're available. You know, it, it's it's very interesting because um, they what happened was they this is a few years ago. This the legislature, a different iteration of the legislature, voted to to like not allow simulcast wagering by setting up this this really extreme tax structure. So it shut down all the simulcast wagering, which is where you could go to a place like, let's say, the old Rockingham Park no longer exists, but there were places where you could bet on simulcast horse racing mm-hmm. or dog racing, if you go for that stuff, no comment. <laughs> but um, they voted, they set up this tax structure that put all the basically the simulcast places out of business, which is one of the reasons why Rockingham Park eventually sold its... Uh, sold itself to you know the property oh wow and uh and i i, I mean I, I know this that, that that and it was really interesting because now they're allowing these historical horse racing when they actually had real horse racing you bet on but you can't do that anymore in new hampshire but you get on horse races from whenever 1949 or whatever they're showing i don't know yeah it seems like things eventually reach a critical threshold where they're like at this point whatever i mean the same similar it seems like similar thing happened with um online gambling with with um uh, DraftKings and such like there's so many other states that opened up and the yes. technology just got so easy and yeah. so easy to get into and hard to not just say like we're going to be in- enabling illegal gambling if we don't find some way of making it work I mean, the, the, quite honestly I'm quite seriously the, the only le- un- only illegal gambling in New Hampshire is a for-profit casino because you can bet, you know, on all that stuff, you know, at a charitable gaming charitable gaming facility, you can bet on. Now they have historical horse racing, and you also can bet on sports online through the state. Because I, I I don't know about you, but I get press releases from the from the uh, lottery commission every week now during uh, football season, saying how much the handle was. It was eight and a half million dollars this past wow. weekend. People are betting on on NFL games, and that that's. See, that's a big chunk of change that the state's you know taken in, and uh, you know it's gambling's a big it's a big business. Whether no matter what you think about it, there is a lot of money involved, and that's why state governments you know are dipping their hands into it. Let's shift over for the last five minutes here. Talk about the Grapponi. As someone who Grapponi uh, businesses, as someone who lives in Concord. Uh, the Grapponi is like where you get all your cars. There's no way. <laughs> there's a few other places around, but I, I ended up, they're not an advertiser or anything, but I've bought all my cars at Grapponi uh, in Concord and, and Bo. And it looks like they're getting $18 million in new markets tax credits to build a new facility, which would, I mean, basically they'll have almost every major car manufacturer with this. Yeah, that it. Uh, you know, first of all, the full disclosure: I buy most all my cars from Grapponi. I've done it for many years, so I, you know, I I have to say that. Uh, and you know what it is? They got they got this money through the uh, Mascoma Development Corp, which is a offshoot of Mascoma Bank, and it's like a, they call it community development uh, 
uh, a community development financing institution or something. And what they what they're charged with Muscoma Community Development is to make investments in projects that will create jobs and uh, you know maybe spur other economic development in areas that are uh, they are rural areas for the most part that are neat that require economic development and you know, I'm, I'm not as a poor as a Concord resident but as a long time uh, visitor at Port Concord and I worked there for several years. Uh, Graponi is moving their Mazda dealership from Bow to Concord on Manchester Street, across from the bank Chevy, and uh, apparently it fits with Moscoma Community Development's uh, guidelines because what it's going to also have is besides their uh, dealership, it's going to have a training facility for their employees and also have community development programs there, house there and have their, have their maybe not house there, but have the community, have meeting spaces, being able to have events and stuff. And it's, it's, it's there's supposedly gonna be an outreach to underserved communities at this, um, at this site. And it's gonna create some jobs, I think 35 jobs they said it's gonna create. Um, that's, and that's the reasoning for getting them the $18 million in, in new market tax credits which basically helps uh, them very easily raise money to do this. They're putting up a lot of their own money for it. I'm not saying they're not getting, it's not like someone's handing them all this money, yeah. but it's, it's, it's also low interest, you know, lower interest, you know, guaranteed money, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, I, you don't hear about car dealerships getting these things. A lot of times it's for, you know, other kinds of, other kinds of, uh, you know, uh, building projects. But that's what's happening, and it's going to be interesting to see because it's. I, I know that I know the Graponi family is very interested in supporting the nonprofit community. They, you know, they spend a lot of time supporting it and also working with the nonprofit community, and it's a wide variety of nonprofits they're working with. And apparently, this is going to. It's it's going to be interesting to see what what they have in mind with this facility. It'll be great. There's going to be a dealership there. Going to be a dealership. It's going to be this place for that people to be trained and everything. But it's also going to be this this all this this part of the building that's going to be just dedicated for community development activities. That's a, such an interesting angle on. It. I mean, they, there's so much facility when they build the when they put these these places in, and it yes. just feels very wasted a lot of the time with a certain portion of them because they they always want them to look exactly the same, and there's always this like empty floor space that could be used. So they'll be it'd be cool to see what they do with it. And as once again, something lives right up the street from it. I mean, Manchester Street could, would do great with getting some fresh businesses over there that exactly. could maybe reinforce some other places to kind of move in in the city to clean it up because because Manchester Street does is is has been needing help for a while. I mean, it's not that there's a bunch of car dealerships there, but there's there's a lot of stuff there that's kind of needy, I guess is the way to put yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And to have and, some and fresh it, business there would be great. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to say is that like while this isn't a massive construction project, it's pretty big. And it's you know it's gonna take some jobs and it's obviously gonna be good for the property tax base of Concord. It's the second time in the last year where a major uh, business is leaving that very part of Route Three A there, uh, where Graponi is Graponi Mazda, and also uh, Pitco Friarlater, which is a much bigger business, a much you know bigger facility they're building, and they're moving from Bo to Concord as well, and that and that's a major project that they announced last year and should be opening up, you know, I'd say within a year or so. 
And uh, that that's a lot of jobs and a lot of property. And, you know, it's funny. It's interesting. Concord seems to be doing pretty well right now. Happy to be here. Hopefully, well, it I have to say, no tears. No, there's not many tears for Bo because <laughs> yeah. property tax rates in the in the state, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Listen to WKXL in the morning. I'm your host AJ Kirsten, speaking with Jeff Feingold, editor of the New Hampshire Business Review, NHBR.com, to get more from them. We'll be right back after this.